everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. You got your co-host Justin Knott here today, and I'm really excited. We have one of our clients and the two founders, Dr. Stephen Kufferman and Dr. Omid Shea, that are on to uh, join us as guests today to talk about medical virtual assistants and how they're starting to be used with great effectiveness to grow practices. And everybody has really heard about this topic of the great resignation and all the staffing and labor issues that are coming up. And just like they're affecting restaurants and they're affecting grocery stores, the medical and the dental industry is getting hit uh, really hard as well. And medical VAs, they've been out there for a long time, but I don't think a lot of people even still know what they are or how they can leverage them inside of their practice to not only help solve a staffing problem that is continuing to rise and control costs, but also grow. And so I'm really excited to hear about what they're doing as owners of very prominent practices in the Los Angeles area and have them tell the medical community and our listeners more about how they can benefit from an opportunity that is only going to continue to rise. So I'd love for both of y'all as we get started. Dr. Kufferman, why don't you introduce yourself? And then Dr. Shea, I'll have you introduce yourself and tell you a little bit more about who they both are individually as medical surgeons. So, um, my name is uh, Stephen Kupferman. I'm a board-certified oral and maxillofacial surgeon. And in my practice, I'm the founding partner of a six-surgeon uh, oral and maxillofacial surgery practice in, uh, in the center of Los Angeles. Excellent. And Dr. Shea, tell us a little bit about yourself. Omid Shea. I am a board-certified gastroenterologist and internist. I, uh, I'm also the founder of my practice. There are three physicians based out of West Los Angeles in practice for the last 13 years. Excellent. That's why I'm really excited is there's a lot of virtual assistant companies that have popped up and a lot of people leveraging it. But to hear from two physicians that have spent so many years like y'all have as entrepreneurs growing practices and taking care of patients, I'd like to get started with you, Dr. Kufferman, because you were kind of the, the first of the two physicians in the room to, to leverage virtual assistants. And so I'd love to hear kind of your story behind it is, is what was the turning point? What has it been like hiring them? How have you been utilizing um, so give us a little bit of that background. Yeah. So I think that it all kind of sort of started when a lot of the laws in California were changing um, as, a, as it related to uh, employment. You know, rates were going up, uh, costs were going up. In order to run a practice, everything is really based on manpower. I mean, there's just so much in a busy medical practice, dental practice, whatever it is that needs to get done. And it's it's really all a function of of manpower and the manpower in doctor's offices is exaggerated by the fact that we are one of the only industries that spends the majority of our manpower on trying to collect money. And that's just a function of healthcare and the function of doctors not really learning about billing and collections and, and how insurances work. And so doctors just tend to hire people to try and you know collect from insurance companies not not as much from patients, but from insurance companies. And so as that, that workforce needs to continue to grow and as the practice continues to grow and more and more doctors join practices, the staffing needs become incredible. And each staff member is a person and they have a life and you know they have good days and bad days. And as a doctor, you have to essentially manage a lot of that. And so I got to the point where you know, I just couldn't have enough people to do all the work and I didn't have enough space to get all the work done. And so I started reading up about uh, people working remotely 
and hired my first virtual assistant. Uh, and we were using Zoom before this, before the pandemic. Uh, and uh, we became very comfortable with Zoom and just realized how uh, incredibly talented these people were and how grateful they were to have a job and how the ability to scale the manpower was available outside of my office. And then the pandemic hit. And so then everybody realized that that was actually possible. So that's kind of how I, you know, sort of first kind of got, got into uh, finding uh, remote employees who, uh, who are essentially virtual assistants. Oh, that's excellent. Now, did you find, because you were, I mean, an earlier adopter, especially kind of pre-COVID and now, as you even mentioned, having Zoom meetings and working remote and, and that whole concept is is not foreign anymore. In fact, it's just kind of the the adopted standard now moving forward, which has certainly helped the whole thing. But did you have any, and I know it's a big concern for practices in terms of workflows are critical. Got to keep everything operationally running really smooth, controlled chaos. You've got patients coming in and out, you're scheduling surgeries. When you first were introducing the virtual assistants, did you find any issues in terms of kind of adopting it into your new normal as you're bringing virtual assistants into say what is physical staff inside of your office and having them to work together seamlessly i mean the most striking thing initially was that i was able to interact and access my remote staff my virtual assistants better and faster than the staff that were actually in my office because they were either here or there, or, you know, and moving from, you know, one office to another. And here I just clicked on Zoom and, you know, they were on my screen within seconds. And so I just found that it was actually even easier and their desire to get things done, their ability, their understanding of computer knowledge was just off the charts. And so that was my initial sort of uh, jump into this. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'd like to, I don't want to leave you out of the conversation, Dr. Shea, because I, I would love to hear because kind of y'all story, this is where you kind of converge, so to speak, in your, your friendship. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you got started in VAs, because I think you have a lot of the issues or you were having that I think a lot of physicians can relate to and, and Dr. Kufferman and his experience was able to help bring VAs into your practice. So tell us a little bit about your story and your background and how you got into the number of VAs that you have today. Absolutely. Thank you. So I've known Stephen since back in our training and I was complaining or venting to a, to a mutual friend about all the issues we were having in our office. Patients were saying, doc, we love you, but your office needs a lot of help. Can't get through to your office. You know, the phones, you just couldn't handle the phones. Patients were frustrated with the long wait times for authorizations. And uh, and so this mutual friend uh, said, why don't you do what Stephen's doing? I said, well, what's Stephen doing? He said, he is uh, using virtual assistants um, from the Philippines and he's very happy. And I'll be honest, initially I was uh, skeptical. Out, outside the box as physicians, you know, we're, we're trained to think inside the box really. And it took a few weeks and then I said, okay, that's it. I'm calling Steven. So I gave him a call and I said, Steven, I'm drowning. Patients are complaining. I can't find staff. The ones that we hire are not good with all the liability issues. And, and he said, listen, trust me, this is, this is the next big thing. It's transformed my practice. It's a no brainer. So I said, fine. And we started with one virtual assistant. I had, you know, it took some time to convince my partner, but once we did, um, it was clear as day that this was the way to go. We started with one virtual assistant, put them on the phones, and immediately we noticed 
that uh, patient satisfaction was going up. Patients were getting through, we were getting our messages. And we decided, um, and that's right around when the pandemic hit. So it was, it was actually, the timing was perfect. And as staff went out and left and what have you, we just um, replaced them with virtual staff. And then as we grew over the last couple of years and added a physician, we just continued to increase the number of, of virtual assistants. And it started with answering the phones. And once we got that down and, and we felt comfortable that everything was being handled properly there, and, and, and I must say the patients were just overwhelmed with joy that they can actually get through our messages um, were being relayed uh, promptly. Um, then we, we added uh, virtual assistance to the insurance side, like, like Stephen was saying, um, and decided that there's no reason why we should be you know, paying the types of salaries plus benefits that we were paying um, for people to sit on the phone and, and deal with insurance companies when the people on the other line were also from the Philippines or from India or from wherever. And so we completely transformed that aspect of our practice where everything that is insurance-based is done by the VA. So we can talk more about every specific job, but really what happened was we realized the tremendous benefit and have really transformed our practice, have grown um, as Stephen was saying, using the virtual assistance while keeping costs down and actually patient satisfaction and the quality of care have dramatically improved over the last couple of years. That's tremendous. And why, why I love hearing that story is it's from the marketing side of the tracks and having spent a decade working with physicians and, and healthcare practices, it's a story that we hear again and again, and especially as it even relates to like reputation, you're hearing a lot about that now is, is Google reviews and, and how it contributes to getting more patients and ranking in SEO. And that's the side of the tracks that we talk and preach to all the time. And unfortunately, if you scroll through 90% of those negative reviews on practices. It has nothing to do with physician point of care, anything y'all are doing as it relates to patient outcomes, how good of a surgeon you are, your bedside manner. It's typically all the other stuff that you mentioned, Dr. Shea, that you were having frustrations with in your practice. It's the billing or the prescription refills or the wait times. And, and to hear that you're able to solve that problem through virtual staffing is really a game changer because there's practices all over the country that are dealing with this and are generating bad reviews even from the marketing side, or when they find a good marketing mousetrap and they start to grow, that stuff starts becoming a real reality and a real problem. And so to hear that there is a solution out there and you don't have to be constrained by laws like the California employment laws that can create a lot of overhead issues as you continue to grow. So it's, it's really cool to hear that. I'd love to talk to, you mentioned really two things that I'd like to talk to you, Dr. Shea, when you're telling your story, but why the Philippines? You mentioned that both of y'all mentioned the Philippines and obviously there's, you can get virtual staff everywhere, but the Philippines has really come to the forefront as the deepest well. So talk to us a little bit about that because I know people have concerns about language barrier, all these different things. And surprisingly, that's really not an issue. And the Philippines is really the reason why. Yeah, I've been delightfully surprised. And so of our staff and our patients I think there's a natural draw. The Philippines are kind of a healthcare-oriented culture. 
And so I think that uh, there are a lot of benefits there. And that's why the talent is so strong when it comes to healthcare. There are a lot of nurses really committed to the, to the medical field. I also think that the fact that English is their first language is a tremendous benefit. And uh, all of our VAs are, are fluent in English. And um, that has not been an issue with any of our patients. And I think that really there's a cultural and a work ethic issue, I mean, a benefit there. My virtual staff are the most dedicated employees I've ever had. I mean, they're really, really committed. They are excited about um, being a part of our practice. They are incredibly hardworking. Um, I can tell you stories about um, my virtual assistants and how they've stepped up to the plate and filled in when we needed something done in the office that was dropped by somebody else. Just a simple example I give everybody is we had some research that we were involved with. And for three months, someone in the office apparently just had gotten backed up um, uh, uh, and, and wasn't you know, completing the tasks. And the research sponsor was not happy. So I turned on a Thursday to one of my virtual staff whose job was not at all to do this. And I said, listen, I know your plate's full, but this is super important. Can you please, you know, see if you can handle this new task? And I thought it would take, you know, a couple of months of work and you'd be blown away. Monday morning, I get a text from him. He says, doc, it's done. I said, what's done? Um, I didn't know what he was talking about because it couldn't have been. And he said, the project's done. Everything's caught up. And I was blown away. The guy doesn't even work on the weekends, but it just, it's a testament to, he said, I said, I said, I said, Ben, how did you do this? He said, doc, it sounded like it was important in your voice and you were concerned and I, and I decided to just spend the weekend and take care of it for you. And that to me, and I tell, I tell my, my, my clients, you know, our medical clients, the story, uh, because it's a true example of the kind of people we're dealing with. They're honest, dedicated, hardworking, committed individuals. And I think it's a cultural thing um, because I see it in my other VAs. Wow, that's that's tremendous. And you and this, which was surprised me, is as you mentioned, these are not just like people that are looking for remote working in the US. I mean, we're talking about actual like medical trained, like went through schooling, registered nurses. I mean, these are like medical people. We're not talking about just somebody so, that you're teaching to use an EMR. Correct. These are not people who just came out of high school and um, are looking for a job. These are people who, you know, have degrees have been to a nursing school. And from what I understand from Filipino nurses that I work with at the hospital, the training in the Philippines is literally on par with the nursing training that is provided here in the United States. My Filipino nurses in the hospital tell me that the quality of training is really very similar. And so we're talking about very smart, motivated people who've gone far in their lives and who've decided to transition to a, to a virtual role rather than having to, you know, drive the long distances and, and get paid the, the low wages that they, that that's typical in the Philippines for, you know, hospital or clinic work. Wow. That's fantastic. So coming back to you, Dr. Kufferman, I mean, we've talked a lot about kind of both of y'all stories, the challenges and how you solve them using virtual staffing. And that really leads us to even what Dr. Shea mentioned is Medva and, and the company that y'all have started. You are so passionate. Both of y'all put your heads together and said, how can we bring this to a larger medical community and help them the same way that we've been able to help ourselves and, and hopefully help prevent burnout, give more time to the physician. So tell us, a little bit more about Medva and the company that y'all have founded and 
what you're doing. Cause I know y'all are so excited about it and on fire to be able to bring this to the medical community. Just tell us a little bit more about it. And on top of that, both of y'all have mentioned different ways that virtual assistants can be used. So talk to a little bit about say maybe examples of how you're using virtual assistants and how others could leverage them too. Yeah. So yeah, definitely very passionate about, about the, uh, about this topic. And it's, uh, it's something that I've now been doing for a few years and you know i had when i started to realize that this was really really the next best thing for healthcare particularly in private practice i actually went to the philippines to to really kind of get a feel for what was going on there and to meet my virtual assistants that i had at the time and it was a transformative two days in manila and i was looking around for you know places where i can you know begin setting up medva and I got to meet them and, you know, went out for dinner and I just, you know, saw that these, you know, they were just, you know, so grateful. I remember the first time I went there, they kind of grabbed my arm and they said, Dr. Kufferman, you're real, you're real, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. I, because I had been on zoom with them for like a year yeah, plus, sure. you know, and uh, they just grabbed my arm, like you're real, you know, and they just, they're so, just so dedicated to, um, you know, to working and, and taking care of patients. And, um, you know, you hear it in their voice and you can, you can feel it. So, um, so once I knew that this was the next best thing, I, I just continued to, oh, I, we, we got together as you heard and uh, started Medva. And then I just started to think out of the box. I'm always thinking out of the box. How can I have, you know, increase the workforce? Because in the end of the day, you know, there's only one commodity that you're selling in a doctor's office. That's the doctor's time. And the doctor runs out of inventory eventually, or you end up spending too much on the, you know, on the cash register people, you know, and then it doesn't matter how many, you know, how much you, you sell in the office, the doctor, you know, runs out or you end up just working for everybody else. So, and so because it's a manpower issue and all of doctor issues are generally manpower issues, I'm constantly thinking of ways in which doctor's offices can benefit from remote employees. That's really where Medva has a tremendous advantage because we're busy doctors. We understand what it, what it, what is needed in the office. And so we're able to implement those types of training programs for all of our virtual assistants. Um, we're able to help offices medical centers think out of the box, think of what it is that they can do to leverage the, to leverage Medva, to leverage the ability to have nurses that are highly trained and skilled and understand healthcare really improve their operation. You know, I have people who do marketing for me. I have people who do operations work for me um, and handle basically every, basically every task other than something that somebody needs to actually have hands on in the office. I've even recently started thinking about getting a robot, you know, in the office for somebody to do, to do inventory. And, you know, that's how, that's how things are done in hospitals now. I mean, there are robots who, that are going around hospitals, moving things around. And so you can easily have a robot that, you know, just has a camera on it and can see kind of what's going on in hallways and things like that. And there's just so much that could be done remotely these days that, you know, and, and Medva has the answers to all that. Uh, that's fantastic. Dr. Shea, t talk to me a little bit, because this even early on for me, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there the same way, when you talk remote and just in general in healthcare, your head always immediately goes to HIPAA, security, all of that stuff. So what are y'all doing at Medva? I mean, is there anything that people listening should be aware of and working with virtual assistants in terms of security or accessing your EMR? I mean, all the things they're going to be doing day in and day out, because I know that's probably one of the first questions that people ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, we take that very seriously at Medva, as as we should. And um, you know, patient records and private information is, is very important. I can tell you again, kind of going back to the cultural discussion that we had about the Philippines. As long as you have the necessary you know, firewalls and infrastructure and security, IT, you know, stuff in, in place, which we do. And as long as everyone has gone through the appropriate HIPAA training and HIPAA certification, then really, you know, whether it's your staff in your office or whether it's your remote staff, there's still a risk that they violate HIPAA. The real question is, which staff is more likely to violate HIPAA? my staff in my office or my, my staff in the Philippines. And I think after you know a few years of using virtual systems and 13 years of being in practice, I can tell you and from personal experience that it's much more likely that one of my staff in my office is going to violate HIPAA than someone in the Philippines. And I'll tell you why. First of all, the consequences for HIPAA violations in the Philippines are much harsher than uh, those here in the United States. And so you know, here in the United States, you, you violate HIPAA as an employee. When this happened to me years ago, when we first started our practice, we had a couple of MA interns that we had hired. And one day I was on vacation and I get a call from the hospital saying, Doc, uh, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? I said, well, you, you've accessed uh, a very, uh, you know, a celebrity's file and that's a, a HIPAA violation. So I'm really sorry. When did this happen? He goes, oh, it just happened yesterday. I said, well, look, I'm out of the country. So that's not possible. And it turned out that it was someone in my office, one of these uh, interns who had um, access to my to my computer. And basically all that happened was she lost her job. And that was it. And this was a major medical center and a very high profile celebrity. And all that happened in the hospital was happy and, and, and nothing, you know, nothing ever happened. And so the people in the Philippines really, really value and cherish their jobs. And so anything that would cause them to lose their job is they take very seriously, um, not to mention the Philippine laws, which um, what I understand from, from Stephen, uh, who's been there and talked to, to folks in the Philippines is, is much, much more exacting. And, and so I think that the deterrent is, number one, on an infrastructure standpoint, we have all the necessary firewalls and processes in place to prevent security breaches, to prevent HIPAA violations. All of our virtual assistants uh, go through extensive training. Um, we vet them to make sure that, that they haven't had any issues like that in their previous employment. But I think most importantly, it really comes down to the quality of the staff and the deterrence outside of the IT uh, space. And I think that, in fact, in my opinion, uh, there are more deterrents and uh, I'm more comfortable with the folks in the Philippines than I have even with my own staff. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and coming from somebody, obviously non-medical, but inside of a marketing our marketing organization, we've adopted the Philippines-based VA route for a long time, for years, for almost five years now. And even from what you're saying, just the cultural differences in terms of just their work ethic and how they approach things. It's just the likelihood is just so much lower. And on top of it, just even the stories that I've seen you share with us from the VAs that are working from you is this really is like a game changing level job for them. I mean, to be able to support their family and provide when you look at what they were, would be making working in a health system there versus what they're making working remote it is really a tremendous difference. And so they've, they've got job security incentivization to make sure that they're doing the right thing and they're going the extra mile and, and they love the job 
job. And that leads me into Dr. Kufferman. Tell us, like if I'm a physician sitting here and I'm listening to, or I'm a dentist and I'm listening to this podcast is, A, how, how do they find out more about MedVA and how does it work in terms of hiring a virtual assistant? How much does it cost? Are there contracts? Give us some more of those details before we wrap up. Sure. So um, I think we've made it pretty simple. It's a pretty simple website. You just click on a form and then somebody will contact you within a few hours. And then they'll just ask you what your needs are, what you're looking for. And then most people are looking for the same sort of thing, you know, five or six different tasks or jobs, positions in medical facilities. And then within you know a couple hours, we're going to send you people that are already in our training program. They've already gone through two to four weeks of training just specifically for Medva. And uh, you'll get their, you know, their resumes, a video resume, and then, you know, you'll have them ready to hire in start in your office within a day or two. So it's really fast because that's what we're doing. We're constantly recruiting people to uh, to work in in uh, in offices and uh, medical facilities, and so we have them ready, and they're in our training, pro- you know, ongoing training program. And so within a few days, you'll have somebody ready to go in your office. There's a few logistics you'll have to do in your office. You know, you have to have a voice over IP phone system, or you can get a voice voice over IP uh, individual phone. And um, but they'll have a computer and re- they'll be ready to go right away. Um, if you have a cloud-based EMR, it's you know they're they're ready literally that day. You can just start doing whatever you know tasks are are needed. There's no contracts. It's ten dollars an hour. There's really nothing. Yeah, there's really nothing that needs to be done. You just sign our our contract, but there's no time commitment. We generally ask that when you take somebody that you keep them for some period of time, mostly because we have, we believe in the product and we know that all of our virtual assistants are going to be incredible employees, but you know, they're getting taken away from another position uh, because the demand is, is, is there. And so, um, so we really um, need to give them a, you know, a, a shot. Um, but we, we know that uh, we have such confidence in their ability that, um, that, they'll, that they'll work out. Fantastic. Yeah. And I mean, for $10 an hour, I mean, it really is once you hire your first one, you'll hire your 10th. I mean, just from everything that, that I've seen in the industry, I mean, it really is a game changer for, for that level of investment. And as he mentioned, it's medva, M-E-D-V-A.com. And when you go on there, you'll see, you can book a call to, to, um, learn more about the virtual assistants and everything. We'll have all of this in the show notes, as well as uh, links to Dr. Kufferman, and Dr. Shea's LinkedIn's. So that way, if you are a physician, you got any questions, or you want to connect with them, they're really active. They've got some podcasts that are coming out. So we'll have all of that information in the show notes. But again, being two busy surgeons and, and having this company that you're ramping up to, time is very limited and it's the most valuable resource that both of y'all have. So I just want to take the time to thank both of you, A, for being a client, but B, for um, gracing us with your time time and sharing this with the medical community, because I really think it is the wave of the future. So um, Dr. Kufferman, anything you want to add before you sign off again? Thanks for joining us. No, I just, I think we, we you know, we covered a lot in, in a very uh, short uh, period of time. And I uh, wanted to thank you, Justin, for, you know, all the help you've uh, given us in terms of uh, really kind of launching this and getting, uh, getting things going. Absolutely. And Dr. Shea, thank you again. Anything you want to share with the listeners before we uh, sign off? been great being on thank you for having us and uh it's been great chatting and uh we're here to help doctors improve their bottom line and grow their practices um that's really what it's all about absolutely we'll, make, well thank you all again and we'll make sure we have everything in the show notes and we will see you next time 
Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynot.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.